You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Should any Dynasty League have a trade deadline? Trade deadline discussion and more topics like 2020 rookies and guys locked into contracts tonight on the Fantasy Joes. So, Will Greenwood, I propose a question to you, sir. Trade deadline in your Dynasty League, yay or nay? We got no trade deadline. Uh, I'm actually – so I've, I've played in my uh, few leagues this year without trade deadlines, and I actually really enjoy it. I do think that you should maybe have limits on what's uh, – I don't know. I never trade veto, but maybe like just know that the rest of the league is going to – uh, criticize your trades, but I've made some deals and some leagues for playoff teams where it's a, it's a win-win for both of us. And I've really appreciated it, especially if you have any sort of Debbie picks in your league or anything like that. I it's a for fantasy since we play fantasy sports and not the real NFL. I think we should get rid of trade deadlines. Ryan, what do you think? I love it. I think that's the way to go. This has been the big talk on Twitter this week. I know John Bosch has tweeted about this. Uh, my league mate, Kyle August of the uh, uh, Fantasy Football Fellows podcast, he actually had a tweet saying that he likes trade deadlines. And I basically, I kind of threw out there to him on, on Twitter, you know, what, like what's the downside? Because I just see upside because I, I've never seen in a league someone like selling the farm and like trading all their future draft picks and then like dropping out of the league. I, I just like people talk about that as like the worst case scenario, but I just haven't seen it. And if you're worried about that, you just charge people for the future, you know, like, okay, you're going to trade your first round picks, then, then pay your league fees. And then you've got an orphan that you can fill because someone will take a bad orphan just for fun. And it's not a big deal. So I like it. There's a league that I'm in. It's a bankroll league and I have a really nice team, but I lost Calvin Ridley and I was sad about that. And I felt like I just need one more piece. I want to I hope to continue my dominance in the playoffs. So I was able to make a deal and I acquired Cortland Sutton. And basically this league has contracts and it, it was with, with actually James the Brain, James Katulis. And he picked up Calvin Ridley and got a couple of extra deals for kind of a comparable wide receiver. And I've got Cortland Sutton now for the playoffs. So I just think that's a win-win. That helps this team long-term, helps me. It just – it just helps everybody and it keeps the league active and fun and engaged. And it's fun to see what your competitors are doing in the playoffs and it spurs some activity. Well, and dynasty is all about activity and fun and giving some people something to do even when they're out of the playoffs. So come on, it's fun. Let's do it. Let's, let's I mean, no try to, try. I mean, totally confused about that deal and it's ins and outs. So with the, with the contract league, but uh, I do agree with, with the no trade deadline. There's just, isn't really a big reason to have one. In, in Dynasty, I, I don't really understand. But if you're going to have one, I do understand that it puts pressure on it. But then that just leaves things more up to luck. Like, uh, veteran players go down all the time. And so if a team that's competing and then moves a pick, like, that's just you're, – you're increasing variance if you have a trade deadline earlier. Right. I, I, I will say that maybe the plus to a trade deadline would be that it, it, it gives you this trigger point for activity to happen in your, in your league. So – if you've got this trade deadline of let's say like week 11 or something, then, you know, people will be looking for deals because they know it's like, this is their cutoff. So they'll be more active. But, but I, I find a lot of people I play with will don't even know if there's a trade deadline or not. So someone will be like, Hey, 
Do you want to trade for, you know, Jamison Crowder? I think he's going to play really well this week and score two touchdown passes, you know, catch two touchdown passes. And <laughs> someone, someone in the league, league chat will be like, um, dude, the trade deadline was two weeks ago. So, you know, it, it's too late. Uh, so I think, I think people aren't even aware of when they are in half the time in a lot of their leagues, unless you've got an active commissioner or a good commissioner that's like, Hey guys, the trade deadline is a week from today. You want to get deals done, do it now. Even then people miss it sometimes. Yeah. And if you're completely on what type of league you're playing in, is it an empire league where if somebody wins twice in a row, they're at, you know, the league kind of restarts. Is it just your kind of like standard dynasty league? Uh, is it, somewhere where there's still like a rising pot. It doesn't restart, but there's still like a, a bonus for a few wins in a row. Or I have a coworker who's in a really interesting, uh, it's, it, it is a redraft league, but they're playing for 10 years and it's an increasing amount in the pot. And the winner of the, the 10 years wins the whole pot. And it's like quite a bit of money in there at the end. So, which I feel like trade deadline matters too then because everybody's playing for their, their, la- their end spot. You know, if you keep it interesting to the end of your league, if your draft picks aren't decided by week 13, that changes when you should have your trade deadline. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think we have a consensus and, and we, we realize there are some other variables here, but the fantasy Joes are in favor of abolishing trade deadlines in general. So that, that's, that's, what, that's what we say. That's finalized. Now we can talk about the 2020 draft because many of our listeners um you know even if you're playing in some semifinals probably not all of your leagues uh, i mean odds are you you must be the best semifinal ever if all of your teams are are still alive so for those teams of yours that are out you're probably looking at your rookie picks and looking ahead to this 2020 draft we're going to get into the bowl season um we're going to get into um you know watching a lot of college football over the next several weeks hopefully and we're going to be thinking about this 2020 draft well so who is your 101 in a non-superflex league right now well so i started to get really interested in this because of a league that i'm in where you trade for rookie you know rookie pick cash and i was just looking at the the rookies coming next year and i i wonder how it'll all play out but i just wanted to get some 2020 2020 rookie draft talk ryan because uh I don't know how we're going to, like, how the wide receiver is going to shake out and we're going to get drafted. But right now, if you're, like, I feel like in a, in a one quarterback, let's say, like, two wide receivers, like, whatever standard league you're in, I feel like Jonathan Taylor right now is trending towards the RB1 in the NFL draft and then the RB1 in rookie drafts. And just, just, a, just a couple quick things before, uh, before you weigh in. A little <laughs> All pause, right. pause for dissonance. All right. uh, he ran a four, a four four two coming out of high school. He had a hundred fifteen point eight one speed score, which I'll bring up later when it relates to speed scores and how they affect fantasy points. Uh, you know, he he was uh, that was the third in the, you know his class coming out of high school. He's not a spark freak or anything like that. But if you've seen Jonathan Taylor play this year, you saw an offense that that uh, it, it completely runs around the running back. And it's just interesting because Wisconsin, like, it's not that it's not that good without him. I think if they didn't have Jonathan Taylor, they'd be in, in big time trouble. And he's going to come out. Hope he skips the bowl game, and uh, I hope he comes in healthy in the combine and, and shows us what he can do. So right now, Ryan, he would be my first overall pick in a non-superflex draft. 
Yeah, I like Jonathan Taylor a lot, and he's certainly in the conversation. I think this is a year, Will, where you have probably four or five guys that that, that in other years would be the 101, and Jonathan Taylor is among them. Uh, you know, for for me, it's probably Swift, and the only reason I like Swift over Taylor, it, it, well, a couple of things. I, I think Swift is a little more um, of a like three down back. I think he's obviously better um, receiving the ball out of the backfield. But the other thing with Swift too is I, he doesn't have quite the the mileage on his tires as Taylor, and that's the one thing I worry about. That you know, over three years in his Wisconsin career. 905 attempts. I mean, he's put up amazing statistics in college, but he's, they've used him a lot. So I have to say that I'm a little bit concerned about the wear on his body. Um, not, not like super concerned where I would like avoid picking him like, you know, in the, in the top three picks or something, but I probably would have to go with, uh, with Swift, but I like Taylor a lot. It's tough for me. I mean, it's real close. So, you know, if I've got the 102 and someone takes, swift and i get taylor i'm thrilled and vice versa happens i'm thrilled you know i mean it's it's you know they're so close for me so uh, yeah i can i could probably argue either way yeah i just i just just feel like taylor's the he's the whole package and i i get the wear from college but uh you know if you get if you get the rookie contract out of jonathan taylor as an rb1 that's the win right i think so i but what about – don't you think Swift is also like the, quote, whole package? I mean, one thing about Jonathan Taylor that I worried about coming into the year was, okay, how is he going to be catching the ball? I mean, he has 24 receptions this year. He's been, he's been fine. I mean, he's definitely uh, at the very least serviceable in terms of being able to, to you know, catch the ball and get some receptions. Um, but um, – so I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, you know, what um, – like, well, is Swift even your number two? He, he is currently – I mean, but it's a, I don't really have like hard like hard rankings right now, right? And nor really sh- should you. Uh, um, well, I guess some people should because or, or do because they've watched a lot of college football and they they feel that way. I, I am very much a guy that obviously I look at the um, the the body work in college, but I, I combine that with what happens at the combine because I, I am curious to see. Yeah, you know, for me, running back speed is a big factor. I want to see how fast these guys are, what their three cone looks like. Those are, those are big factors for me. I want to see how they measure, like how big are they? I know that we've seen more and more smaller running backs be successful in the NFL. But for me, I still want a guy that, you know, is at least 215, 220, ideally. Um, but we keep seeing it, though, the smaller guys, right? They, you know, the Philip Lindsay's of the world and obviously CMC and um, this year in uh, with Singletary and um, Buffalo that, you know, these little guys can get it done too. And that, that's becoming more and more the norm. So maybe that should be less of a, a factor, but for me, I still care. Yeah. And I think we're going to get a, a lot of things exposed when it comes to the NFL combine, uh, when it comes to these running backs and their actual weight and height. I wonder if that, like, I, I, I didn't have time to look it up, Ryan, to see how it changes. Because I have these high school combine stats, you know, looking at Jonathan Taylor, John Jerry Swift, you know, things like that. Like Jonathan Taylor technically ran a faster 40, than DeAndre Swift coming out of high school, but who timed that? How accurate is that? That's <laughs> right, right. ESPN 300, you know? Yeah. Like, I just, went, I just went and put this into a spreadsheet. That's not like, you know, I didn't do any hardcore analytics on that, but that's it's fun to know that potentially somebody who's a little bit bigger and taller uh, ran a little bit faster. Also, DeAndre Swift didn't have a very big vertical jump. Um, and I don't know. He, he, I haven't watched enough Georgia this year 
I'm going to be interested to see how the, the rest of the season goes. He's not going to get the – everybody had the DeAndre Swift uh, – you know, he was the showpiece of the Georgia offense last year and in the college football play. Like, he was it, you know? And we're not having that this year. So I think people are falling off pretty quickly. One player that I'm rising, rising pretty highly on is Cam Akers. And I want to uh, kind of bounce some things off here, Ryan, about Cam Akers. Yeah, Cam Akers, he, you know, he was a Debbie Darling – just a couple of years ago. I mean, he was like the W101 in a, in a lot of places, you know, just a few years ago. And I think just, uh, you know, the fact that he's been on this bad Florida State team, he's kind of fallen off. I, I think, uh, you know, some projections I've seen with Cam Akers, you know, best case scenario, he's going, you know, maybe mid first round, late first round, Will. I mean, I don't know what you're seeing. So, um, yeah, interesting guy that that hasn't necessarily produced like we wanted to in college. But, you seem like you're pretty high on Cam Akers, Will. Yeah, well, one, he, he did a lot better this year with Florida State. I mean, again, the focal, pe- focal piece of a, of a team that, that isn't good. Like, Florida State was really bad. Right. Like, the boosters paid to fire the coach, which is pretty <laughs> nuts when you think about that. <laughs> They're real bad, real bad team, yeah. Yeah, and he kind of trickles up. He's, you know, he's listed there at, you know, like 5'10", 5'11", and that like 215 to 220. Uh, weight range and he's had a you know more carries than he's ever had in his entire career career he's also having more catches and he's also producing more touchdowns and I think that those these stats will fit into models better that will boost him up uh, on most dynasty sites rookie boards uh, when you go for you know 14 touchdowns and 1144 yards and you have 30 catches for another four uh, 225 this is this is going to be when you know, when we get to rookie draft season, his value is going to be jumping pretty highly. Also, coming out of high school, he had a he you know, he had a four four one forty, a forty point six inch vert, and then a hundred and forty one point three three spark score. So, just to compare that to uh, let's do like Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor had a hundred and ten point four three spark score. It's it's a pretty big jump between those two. I don't necessarily know that that translates into fantasy points in the NFL. But just know that uh, he has size, he has skill, he's carried the he's carried the load for Florida State, and uh, I I think he's going to move up once the combine hits. So I'm pretty excited about him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with him with the combine. Also looking forward to the Sun Bowl because Florida State plays Arizona State. It is on December 31st at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, I believe. Will so. It'll be fun to see. Well, if if he even plays, that's one thing we haven't seen yet, right? Are like how many of these guys are actually going to play in the bowl games? Does does Cam Akers play? I, I don't know. I, I've not seen any any news about whether some of these guys that are going to going to declare. We think are going to declare um, what they're going to do. So, um, yeah, Cam I Akers. Know, I, I thought that was the. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was the like uh, MIT Education Bowl, Arizona State and Florida State. So other guys on your list that, that, I mean, one thing about this class, cause looking at the show notes that you put together, Will, I mean, it's, it's so exciting. I mean, I mean, there's a reason that we're excited about these 2020 picks because gosh, there's just so many names on here. So many guys that could really have great NFL careers, fantasy careers. Um, just, just a ton of these guys. <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? <laughs> well, I basically just did just running backs for this one. Uh, except I ran out of time to fill it all in. But 
it, it, what, what, what sparked a little bit of this was I got a text from somebody who said, is Najee Harris the best running back coming out of college? And one, I wanted to get your opinion on him, Ryan, but, but two, uh, his, his high school, you know, scores coming out because he was, I think he was the number one running back, right? At least he was up there, but he ran a four six, six coming out of high school. Uh, but it had a very great, like, like rest of athletic score. Right. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think he might be able to like, like, you know, grow over time. Uh, I, I don't know. He had a 32 inch bird. So I'm actually very concerned. This, this whole like same excess reading it. Sorry. Uh, That's okay. Like overall, I'm pretty worried about Najee Harris and, and what he's going to do coming into the NFL draft in the combine. Well, he's kind of a little bit different, you know, in terms of his size. He's a he's a he's a pretty big boy. I'll be interesting to see how he, you know, how you know he's too, you know two. Th- I'm looking at um, sportsreference.com. They've got him at at two two hundred thirty pounds, six two. So, you know how 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 does that play in the NFL? Like, you know, how how fast can he can a big guy like him go? Um, it's hard, right? With, with a team like Alabama and, and a guy that, you know, you're looking at it, like we, t- I just talked about how much I like speed. He's not the fastest guy in the world. I mean, he's a big dude. So um, the speed score is not, not, you know, matches up pretty well for his size, but uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know either. Well, I, I'm not, I'm not sure what I think because, because I, I think some of those numbers have a lot to do with the fact that he's not Alabama offense. So um, he's one of those guys. I think that, it'll be interesting to see what he does in the combine. And also draft capital will tell you a lot, you know, what, what, you know, if he, it, obviously if he has an impressive combine and a team uses a second, even third round pick on him, then, then you're, you gotta be interested. But you know, if he, he's one of those guys also that, you know, let's say his combine is okay. And he slips to the fourth, fifth round of the NFL draft. Well, then I think that tells you a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's just part of like, uh, Nashie Harris in general is he was, he's always kind of been that understudy to all the running backs. And I think he's just going to finish his that, unfortunately. I'm going to be like kind of transitioning to a, a much bigger guy, if if you can believe that is his his AJ Dillon. <laughs> he he is a is a big dude. Well, and and you know, talk about an interesting case study, huh? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about AJ Dillon a couple times. One, he has declared for the draft, which is uh, pretty pretty early now. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Boston College qualified for a bowl game or not but maybe they didn't they're, oh they're, they're playing they're in a bowl game I, I saw it i'm trying to remember who they play i'll, I'll look it up as we're uh we're talking here i should pull up a list of the bowl games see if there's anything that looks particularly interesting but um yeah i mean the dude dude is 250 right yeah and it was, some, it was it's interesting to me because i had some uh, uh collegiate speed scores shared with me by a pretty big uh collegiate you know like uh you know person Dealing with the draft and things like that. Anyway, he's the second highest. <laughs> you gonna speed you gonna score. drop a name there, Will, or just gonna dance around? No, nah, I'm just gonna leave it. <laughs> I'm right, here right. for all, all right. the news. That's but he funny. is the second highest speed score speed score in college football coming in. But that's a lot to do with him being 250 pounds. I mean, he is. You know, he ran a four five four coming out of high school. That's awesome spark, for his size. Yeah, I know his spark oh. is super big. Uh, you know, he had a 38.6 vertical jump, which is. Uh, Six inches higher than Najee Harris, and then wow. uh, a little bit I mean, it's higher than what uh, Jonathan Taylor did coming out too. It's it's just super interesting what this Uber athlete did while going to Boston College. I think it's going to matter what he does in the agility drills too. 
and then where he lands. But I'm still like I'm, I'm such a big AJ Dillon fan, and this is a uh, this may be my player that I'm rooting for who's uber athletic that may not get drafted high enough, and I have some concerns. Ryan, what do you think? Well, I, I think that if you're off work on January second, you can watch the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl, where Boston College takes on Cincinnati and see him play if he decides to play. Um, no, I, I like the. I'm just intrigued by him. I, I don't know. I, I think this is going to sound like a broken record, but what's his combine like? And then then what what do NFL teams think of him? But he, he like talk about a weapon, right? I mean, talk about a like a big dude that can. Um, you know, if he if he goes to the right situation, could be utilized and be be like a a nice weapon in the NFL. You know, like add him to the. How about you add him to the Baltimore backfield? Just as like a big dude to come in. <laughs> I I don't know. Um, he's he's intriguing, but but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see because he's there's n- not too many two two hundred fifty pound running backs going into the NFL, right? That that are like him, that that have you know are have his speed score. So yeah, I mean. 250 pounds he ran a four five four forty that's crazy yeah that's coming out of high school who knows hopefully he trims down a little bit and gets a little bit faster more athletic but he was pretty athletic doing that uh so this but he's also one of those guys ran so uh like a like a quick math here uh he's had like 850 carries in college and i, I think that's a little bit scary for that's a lot that's like yeah, Jonathan Taylor freshman. territory yeah yeah without the same kind of elite production through Boston college, which may be why he's leaving super early because he's like, this is, I'm getting banged up guys. Let's either win some more games or I'm going. Yeah. And that's the the thing too, though. Like, I mean, obviously Boston college is not exactly one of your, um, you know, elite college (laughs) football programs. I mean, not that they've been horrible. I mean, obviously they've been, I think they played the bowl game last year, didn't they? Weren't they bowl eligible? I, I, you know, I don't follow a lot of ACC football, I'm afraid. But, um, but yeah, um, he does not reach your your um, threshold though, or or I should say, is it the Dynasty Dummies that had that? Is it the 20 catch? Tre- yeah, um, he had eight in 2018 in, in terms of receptions, and then he, he did bump up to 13 in 2019. So, you know, I I I, I do think the the big worry here is is he a one-dimensional player so you know ppr league how interested do you really want to be in this guy yeah it's going to be just somebody who like like tests really well but isn't actually is just kind of like a lumbering you know can't read the offense things like that like they just they won because they're bigger than everybody else i also think i also think speed score is a very interesting stat uh because i i downloaded it from player profiler for this year's average fantasy ppr points per game compared to their speed score. Oh. And I, I don't know exactly how relevant it is. It's not, you know, it, it, it's a fun one to have. It's nice to know somebody's a size speed specimen. But uh, overall, the running backs this year, what I've seen is, is it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter that much. Like Josh Jacobs has a, a pretty low speed score, and he's the, you know, the number 13 overall PPR scoring running back, and he missed the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it matters in terms of you need to reach a certain threshold. And I think Josh Jacobs is one of those guys that just just meets it. I think Kareem Hunt's another guy that's not particularly fast that reaches it. I, I think you, you want a guy to reach a certain level. And I think that's one of the things you're seeing with uh, – can I pick on David Montgomery for a second with the Chicago Bears? 
I, I need to go back and look what his speed score was. But the the one worry I had with David Montgomery, and it's it's proven to be true. I think if he's not particularly fast, he doesn't have that breakaway speed, and um, although he he's certainly elusive and can break some tackles, he just has not any long runs, and and I think that limits his upside. So I, I think he it's important for you know you have to reach a certain threshold, and then you're okay. I mean that's my that's my opinion. Um, and then a lot of guys much smarter than me that have done a lot of you know research on this, um, in terms of you know I mean, you want your guys to reach a certain threshold. Yeah, David so Montgomery is important. I think it's a better speed score than uh, Josh Jacobs. It's oh, Montgomery a, does. Yeah, I, I, which which brings it back to the fact like, is it, does it really matter what their speed score is? How how, cl- how close is it with those guys? If you've got a handy, not to be on the spot, but I'm curious. Yeah, let, me, let me pull up the, the same same here. Because that's one of the arguments, too. They, they talk about speed score. It's like, okay, do some guys just run faster, you know, when, you know, they're at the underwear Olympics, but then when they put the put the pads on, you know, one guy might be a little more explosive. I, I don't know. I mean, that's – I've heard that theory before. Yeah, well, also, Josh Jacobs didn't perform at the combine, you know, and also – and then at the uh, pro day, he, he set the world on fire. So it's a it's a maybe a poor comparison, potentially. Right. But uh, one thing, Ryan, about Dave Montgomery that kind of irks me is I think that he was relied on to be the a focal point of the offense at Iowa State, and he made himself bigger to keep himself healthy in that offense. And I think now that he's been in the NFL for a year, I am trying to buy David Montgomery a lot of places. I think we're going to see some breakaway runs next year because he is a dedicated uh, athlete in person. And even if it's just a touch faster, I think it's going to make a big difference. Oh, man, I hope you're right. <laughs> I really hope you're right. Not, not even I, hope, so much I mean, I hope I'm wrong, and, and Chicago's still horrible, and the Vikes just win the Super Bowl every year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, his, his whole story is that he, you know, he's just been a hard worker his entire life. Why wouldn't he focus on trying to be a little bit quicker? Yeah, but I, I think sometimes there's only so far you can go with that, right? I, I mean, yeah, that, that sounds great in theory, but in practice, um, you know, how far can you go? I think you you can get quicker, but I think there's a you know you're limited by your your you know your your body. Um, there's one more guy. Getting back to the rookies, there's another guy on this list that I am quite interested in, and it seems like he's going a little bit under the radar. You know, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, don't you think that he, he's a guy that just has, has you know, the I, I've seen more Big Ten games than any, and then I've seen a lot of Ohio State games. And he, to me, he passes the eye test. I mean, he passes every test, right? Uh, receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards, receiving receptions. Uh, and this is interesting because J.K. Dobbins was kind of on the radar, but was kind of pushed down. Uh, the the whole you know kind of Debbie community and ranks, but he's he's going to be a very curious case. I think he's going to I think he's going to boom up. His ESPN athletic profile is he ran a four 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 forty, a forty three point one vert. His like explosiveness score is going to just jump out of the building by that, uh, literally and figuratively. Mm. He had the number one spark score in that class coming in at the running back position, which is just crazy. Hopefully. He can perform well in the agility drills and move himself up further and further because he has, he has production, he has speed, he can have reception. And one thing I really like about J.K. Dobbins is him 
and Cam Akers, they're closer to that 220 than they are, you know, 210, 205, like Travis Etienne and those other guys. Uh, give, give me the 220 running back that can also catch the ball and still keep that weight on or even, like, cut a little bit of weight and get faster and quicker for the NFL. Yeah, I, I'm super intrigued by by him. Uh, I mean, uh, Dobbins has, has looked good to me, and, and you're right. He is the, the athletic freak. And, yeah, I, I, it's he could be a high riser. It's going to be really interesting to see because I, I think he's going to crush it at the Combine. And I think there's going to be teams interested, very interested in him. And, you know, I, I think, you know, day two pick is worst-case scenario for him. I, I think once he does the performance well at the Combine, if he does. So, yeah, I mean, all these guys we've, we've talked about, there's other guys we, we haven't mentioned. I mean, we haven't even mentioned uh, uh, Travis Etienne, for example. I mean, <laughs> this is such a loaded class. And the wide receivers, well, we're not going to get into them, but, uh, you know, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb. I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's why we're so excited. And in the Superflex League, oh, my gosh. You know, <laughs> Joe Burrow. Um, I, I think that with Tua, if I, I think the big thing with Tua – is how does his health check out? Because that's an injury that he has that, you know, he, he could go on and have a good career or maybe he is going to be changed forever and won't be able to reach his, his potential had he not, not gotten injured. So, yeah, man, 2020 rookies. Woof. Excited, Will. Very this could be wild. I also think that this, uh, this 2020 wide receiver class has a lot to live up to from this 2019 class. We underrated this 2019 class too heavily. We definitely did. We made mistakes. Uh, there, there are guys that you, you should be real excited about. We, you know, we talked about Debo, you know, last week. Was it last week on the show or a couple weeks ago? Because we, we missed last week. But since then, well, I, I'm becoming more and more impressed with him. AJ Brown, obviously. Uh, Hollywood Brown. I mean, I'm forgetting. Oh, I'm forgetting, like, uh, Scary Terry or, or – or, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it is a class full of exciting wide receivers. Nikhil Harry, he's booming, right? He might. He might. I think probably uh, a good buy low because you've got these other wide receivers that are flashing, and then for the Nikhil Harry owner, you're like, damn, I spent the 101, 102, 103 on this guy, and, and just, you know, you're not going to get him for free, but if you believe in him, you could, you could get him pro- for probably a pretty good price. Yeah. Okay, right. Pivot from rookies. Let's do Even it. Though there's some fun J.K. Dobbins touchdown stats. So many touchdowns. But we're going to pivot off there. <laughs> One, Philip Lindsay moving forward. Uh, would you give up, like, let's say, uh, 201 in a super flex league for 2020 for Philip Lindsay? He is the 10th overall graded uh, running back on PFF. Granted, I don't really know how it all scales everything. They, they give you kind of this, like, rough. Uh, overview of how they do it but there's in like really intricate uh analysis on how they how they grade the players so let's just go generic uh philip Lindsay is the 10th overall graded running back on pff which means he's uh incredible so i, I want to know like <laughs> <laughs> well i just think i just think it matters uh, that he's highly rated funny. you know yeah and he needs to be worth something right like philip Lindsay is he's good this is the second year in the league that he's going to go probably for over a thousand yards total. Yeah. And uh, now maybe that offense is figuring itself out. Royce Freeman is a, a just is just an afterthought in my opinion in fantasy. So where where are you putting him? Oh, Philip Lindsay, huh? Yeah. So 
So right now on the season, he's the running back 15. So he, he is a, you know, I, I, we have to call him a high end running back too. And I, I think he probably was without pointing it up last year as well. And it, it's clear he is the, it's certainly a, you know, running back by committee, but he's, he's definitely the, the, the one a to the Freeman one B. One C. I, I, one D maybe. I still don't know that I want to, I, I like Philip Lindsay a lot as a player. But you're asking me if I want to invest a – you say the 201? Yeah, let's go 201. In a Superflex league, that's, that's hard for me. But I, but I guess if I own Philip Lindsay, that's what I would want to get. I don't think you can get a first-round pick for Philip Lindsay. I think there was a time you could have. But, you know, it's just not a guy well that I want to go out and buy, uh, even though I like him as a player. I, I just I, – I guess I'm intoxicated by this rookie class enough where I feel like I could probably get a – possibly a better player but maybe that's foolish because you know we we, we talked about philip Lindsay's contract situation because I, th- I think he's a lot locked into denver at least one more year right if not two more years yeah i also think they'll probably resign him like right. they probably like that exclusive rights free agent the right. whole nfl mess of being able to resign players so, so you, you you gotta think hold out philip Lindsay. get your money you, you gotta think you're gonna get a couple years as a you know solid rb2 you know, that that's probably worth more than that unknown of a second round pick, but I can't, I can't get myself to do it. What about you? I mean, can you get yourself to do that? I mean, I could, I couldn't have vacuum. Right. But that, that two one's going to accelerate. Like it's going to go up in value. Phil Blitz is going to flash more the rest of the season where it's going to matter. Broncos aren't making the playoffs. Maybe you only have a couple weeks left. I mean, unless he rushes for like 600 yards in these last three weeks or like he somehow blocks Patrick Mahomes, like, field goal at the end of the game against it. You know, kidding about that. But, um, you know, unless they beat Kansas City this next week and Philip Lindsay, like, has a huge game, uh, they're, they're, he's not going to have that v- vividness bias coming in next year. So, I re- actually, this is, the reason I brought this up is, Ryan, is I really want Philip Lindsay on my teams moving in next year. But I want to say to wait until the offseason and then the – rookie draft time where like when somebody's on the clock and somebody's a big fan of AJ Dillon, like myself, that might be a good time to be like, Hey, I'll give you this pick for Philip Lindsay. So who has the last three weeks, who has more fantasy points in a full point PPR league, Philip Lindsay or in Laird, we trust Patrick Laird. I hope it's Patrick Laird. I love that man. (laughs) It, It is not, but it's damn close. Okay. Uh, Phil Blinsey has 30.5. Laird has 29.4. So I, I think one of the things of Philip Lindsay, he hasn't performed recently. And um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Well, I just can't get excited about Philip Lindsay. He's intriguing, but now when it kind of matters most, you're, he's, he's, he, he's down, with, down there with Patrick Laird. Is, you know, he's the number 26 running back last three weeks. So, Well, how's Saquon Barkley doing compared to Patrick Laird? Ooh, good question. Who has more fantasy points the last three weeks of full point PPR league? Saquon Barkley or, or Laird? Give me Laird. Hold it. it. It's Saquon, but not by a lot. Saquon has 32.2. Laird has 29.4. <laughs> That's crazy. So basically, you're in about the same shape, whether you're starting Patrick Laird or Saquon Barkley. That is what kind of world do we live in? <laughs> what is going on in 2019? That is crazy. I, I mean... 
That's crazy. So yeah. my overall concept is uh, PFF has Philip Lindsay ranked pretty highly. Mm-hmm. I, I also don't think that it's it's just you're going to have your fancy playoffs and it'll be the regular playoffs. And I don't think Philip Lindsay is going to get like the Tim Hightower treatment in the Saints that one year or the Damian Williams treatment. Like he's not – Philip Lindsay isn't going to carry you to a fancy championship. Nobody's expecting that. Nobody's projecting that. You're picking up Patrick Laird for that because he is the – you know, that, that one-and-done kind of player for the Dolphins with this magic running that team and their schedule. But the, I think we need to start valuing Philip Lindsay more in Dynasty, and now might be a good time to scoop him up. And he's probably going to be one of those guys that is just not sexy. Maybe he's like the, you know, maybe this isn't fair to say this is too high of a praise, but like the Jarvis Landry of running backs where he's a guy that's just going to produce and you're going to be happy that he's on your team. But, but, you know, people just are kind of going to be like, Philip Lindsay, you know, I don't want him. And, and he's like, you're right. He's not going to win you a league, but he's not going to lose you a league either. He's a guy you can bend the flex and feel, feel fine because he'll get you, you know, uh, you know, 10 points that, that week in a full point PPR league and that won't kill you. Whereas, you know, other guys might. So there's value in that. And, and, and yes, I know we want high upside guys, but especially in some of the leagues that we're in well, where you start like 11 guys. I want a couple of Philip Lindsay's on that team. Cause you can't have all like high upside guys or studs. You've got to have a couple of Philip Lindsay's. They're just going to just put them in there and, and, and plug away. And they may have a couple of big weeks and pop and help you out, but they're not going to lose you a week. So. Oh, well, let's, let's also buy into a little bit of the Broncos future here too. Uh, their, their draft capital <laughs> next year won't be used on uh, running backs. I can only assume uh, Philip Lindsay has shown his worth. We we've seen Drew Locke potentially be, you know, <laughs> I'm very, very intrigued, and I hope Drew Locke uh, proves that he is a uh, franchise quarterback and just crushes it. But there's, there's a lot of upside uh, running around there in Denver right now with, when they have no fantasy playoffs or no playoff hope as a team, but the rest of their skill positions do. So, and Philippines is cheap for that team, and it's just good. He wins games for them. I, know, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just pondering like options to try to acquire him. But I don't want to pay that two hundred one. I want to play. I want to pay like the two hundred five. Yeah, I, I I would feel much better about paying a mid second to late second than a high second round pick. I I, I like that. That that's much, that's much better for me. Yeah, they're they're interesting. They're interesting. Let's let's go to the next guy on your list, Will. Um, you have some interesting oh, names. Go go ahead. No, it's just funny. Carlos Hyde is on pace for us for a thousand thousand yards which is just like like nobody likes carlos hyde we don't like carlos hyde but he's gonna rest for a thousand yards he'd be like one of like 12 players that do that does it this year uh the other one is uh and it's funny ryan because our long lost brethren trey we were talking about this uh this gentleman sony michelle and I'm, I'm not so sure i've been more disappointed than any in, in any player than sony michelle like i assume ryan this is how you felt about Corey Davis, like loving Corey Davis over like Leonard Fournette and all those other guys. Right. Uh, pause for your, pause for so, your cheers. Um, <laughs> Are you asking you know, if, but, uh, like, if I agree with your Sonny Michelle take? I mean, I mean, absolutely I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling on the list to try to find him. I'm looking at like where he's at in the season and the full point PPR league. I'm still looking, still looking. Oh, he's down at number 38. I mean, that's, and he's played 13 games. And a lot of guys down here in this range haven't played 
13 games. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Of Patrick Slater's just crushing him. No. <laughs> he's, so, he's, the thing that gets me, though, is it was like, oh, well, so Michelle hasn't had the opportunity to snaps, things like that. Or maybe it's just like, we're waiting for him to break out. That's my, that's my argument for Sonny Michelle the entire time. is like, hey, he's just got to get healthy. He's got his opportunities. Well, Sonny Michelle is seventh in the league and carries from the 10-yard line or closer uh, with 22. And then, again, he's seventh in the league from five yards in or closer with 11 carries. Uh, the other names in that list are all RB1s. And Sonny Michelle is – you know, he's trying. <laughs> yeah, in, in terms of overall attempts, rushing attempts, he is uh, 13th in the league this year. So, but but uh, you point out a much more relevant stat is is those touches in, in the those carries in the red zone. So you're right. I mean, he's getting the the carries in the red zone. He, he's getting a lot of attempts overall. He's even getting not a lot of targets, but you know, a couple you know a couple targets a week. And he's, yeah, he's not doing it. And, and it is, it is crushing and, and sad. And a guy you were really high on coming into the league as a rookie, a guy I was high on too. And, you know, it, it's weird. You know, the whole, per, per usual, the whole New England backfield is, is perplexing because you've got Sonny Michelle that's not getting it done. You've got James White that's had a couple of really big weeks, but not a guy you really feel super comfortable starting each week. Um, you, you always worry about the Rex Burkhead factor. Uh, Damian Harris, <laughs> a guy that I was huge on, is just, he's just not playing. You know, I don't know. what He's, he's a non-factor for a day two, um, you know, running back. You know, I, I don't know what, what the deal is with him. So, yeah, just, just a, a, a overall frustrating backfield to own um, if you have any of these guys. So. Well, like, like Sonny Michelle scored the game when he touched on the Super Bowl. And he played very well in that game. I know. <laughs> and coming this year, like they they still they, that offensive line hadn't changed that much. And uh, it, what's wild to me, Ryan, is I'm not even using red zone stats. These are ten and five yard line rushes. These are you know every player that has yeah, these amount of carries right, right. should have double digit, digit touchdowns easily. And he doesn't. So I think to me, he's the most disappointing player ever in fantasy. Yeah. It makes me sad. Well, well, the other thing too that you you know you I I know the first four or five weeks of the season that New England Patriots offense just looked unstoppable, and I, I remember it was, it's so funny how football changes so quickly, right? You know, if you if you you look at the first you know like week three, it's like oh New England, no one's going to be able to stop them; they're unstoppable. They're just rolling, and uh, and now their offense is just horrible. It looks horrible, and and that has a lot to do, I think, with um, the lack of success with Sony Michelle is that they just. This can't get things going on offense, and and obviously that's going to impact Michelle. It's 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 uh, you know too predictable for teams. They they know when he's going to get the ball. And uh. <sighs> yeah, uh, another fun fact, Ryan, and I put this in there is if everything stays same same right now, do you know who the number one wide receiver next year is according to payroll is going to be? The number one cap hit in the NFL. Is it Sammy Watkins? Yeah. <laughs> 21 million cap hit to the Chiefs. What's wild is we talked about this when him and Alan Robinson were getting signed. But uh, that's what I remember, yeah. According to Spotrack, Sammy Watkins can get cut and they can get 14 million in cap space back. That's still a $7 million cap hit, which is massive. Like, could you imagine what the Patriots could do with $7 million in cap? Yeah. Yeah. And and Sammy, 
a perplexing guy. I mean, he's not the Sonny Michelle level, but I don't know. I mean, he he's got to be way worse than Sonny Michelle, by the way. He, he's I'm sorry, what's that? He's worse in terms yeah, of yeah, I think way worse. Yeah, because okay, so he is. I've got him at uh, wide receiver forty four. And remember, he had one like wide receiver one week. That was that first week. He's, all his three first touchdowns week, game. I scored all the rest of their weeks combined. <laughs> oh man, he because he's getting he's getting targets. Will I mean it's it's not like they're. I, I mean he's getting you know targets from from Patrick Mahomes, and it just nothing's happening. It's it's really crazy. It's really unbelievable. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's averaging like seven point nine targets a game essentially. Because he didn't miss some time, so you're getting eight targets a game from Patrick Mahomes, and and you're you're a wide receiver four, oh, uh, like barely wide receiver four. That's just that's insane. And if you take away his week one game, he's like the wide receiver like ninety five. Oh yeah, I know. I, I mean, that that is the truth. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just. But he's going to be the number one paid wide receiver next year in the entire NFL if things stay same. Same same. Yeah. It's interesting to look at contracts. And when we go through the whole narrative of they're paying this player, they're going to do well. Uh, it's, it's really not true. Like the, the correlation happens occasionally where they do that, but we don't, we shouldn't base our opinion on how teams are paying players. These make mistakes all the time. Look at the Patriots draft picks. Like their, their offensive draft picks in the first round haven't panned out at all. And well, especially with free agency and some of these teams, because if a team has money, you know, there's no reason necessarily. It, it, listen, these NFL teams, they, they are not, none of them are hurting, right? I mean, they're all making just like more money than they know what to do with. So there's no reason to, you know, be, you know, 60 million under the cap. You know what I mean? Like if they have the money, they're going to spend it. So I think that's what happens a lot of the time, right? Well, like if you're a, a, a team and you can't attract anybody, you might just like throw, Ridiculous amount of money at this player. Just yeah, you don't care because you, you, you got the cap space. So yeah, I, I'm with you. That, that doesn't yeah, he, mean. you have to you have to hit a cap minimum. So you had to spend so much on contracts. Right, right. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah, this is kind of depressing. Will this conversation about these guys that we were <laughs> excited about? Because I really had hopes for Sammy Watkins, and especially after that that first week. And and the other thing that's like just just like a kick in the nuts, well, with, with Sammy Watkins is that you play him week one, or, or let's say you bench him week one, and he goes off. You're like, I can never bench Sammy Watkins ever again because he, I, you know, I, I don't. Want to <laughs> He's bound to have one more this year, so you start him again and again and again, and you're just disappointed every single week. It's just. Uh, that's the it's the worst guy to own. You know, I kind of like Will Fuller. Like, I love Will Fuller. I love Will Fuller, but it's so frustrating. The guy is injured all the damn time, and um, you just like you never are comfortable starting Will Fuller. Right? You don't love Will Fuller, and there's one stat that's important to this. <laughs> okay, what's that? It's hand size. It has oh, you're right. Hands. <laughs> you really enjoy Will Fuller's company. There must be him. a correlation between small hand size and, and injuries because. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I have a spreadsheet going right. It's, it's a correlation between small hand size and your appreciation of them. Yeah. This is thrown in a loop, so I have to go back to no, like normality. He's kind of my one exception, though. I, I, I do like, despite the small hand size, I do like Will Fuller because it's just like he. It, uh, <laughs> the thing is, I wish the places I had would have Will Fuller, he carried value. Like, why would you want Will Fuller right now? 
I, I, I just don't like. I, I, I just don't know. Like it's so much. He's been injured. You know, he drops passes. Yeah, he has a couple big games, but what what makes him reliable and valuable? Nothing. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah, nothing. That's, 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 you just look at his track record, though. You see that okay, like you know, a couple times a year he 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 pops off, and yeah, it's it, it's disappointing. Hey, the, the, so there's probably one more guy we should talk about before we think about racking up, ra- wrap it up, excuse me, racking up. Um, <laughs> it's late here, folks. Um, Devonta Freeman. Devonta Freeman is this interesting guy that I feel like the last couple of years, we've had some high hopes for Devonta Freeman, but last year he got injured early on. And this year is just, you know, he's obviously suffered some injuries, but it just hasn't happened for him. I was so excited. Well, um, you know, had him a couple of places and, and I, I just kind of feel like this is one of those guys that his body's just so beat up now as a running back that I, I just don't feel good about him. And, 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 and you, you post on the show sheet, his contract situation is, um, it's kind of interesting. Well, I think, I think Devonta Freeman is interesting in general because they're like, Oh, he was the RB one overall. When you look at actual fantasy points scored, I, I think that that just needs to be thrown out. Like that was just a horrible year for running backs. So many injuries, so many problems, things like that. But his contract is coming into 2020. He's a $9 million you know, cap hit overall. But if they cut him, it's $6 million dead money. So the only way, you know, if they cut him, it's only $3.5 million cap space. Versus, I still think Devonta Freeman's good. Uh, and I, I don't think they have a really great other option. I mean, besides, you know, put aside my love for quadrigals and uh, – <laughs> It's cheaper to, to get rid of him than it is Devontae Freeman. You know, it doesn't cost him $6 million. And I think that their offensive they, – they drafted two offensive linemen in the first round, I believe. They traded up. I think that this right. team could still be better moving into next year, and he could be that uh, you know, kind of wily vet next year that, that scores a lot of fantasy points. It could still be worth acquiring. You really want to well, – like, well, like, what, what are you going to pay to acquire Devontae Freeman? Mm. Sammy Watkins. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, the, I, no, I guess no. I, so, uh, so I'd give like Jamal Williams for Devonta Freeman, or Jamal Williams plus like a, a third in a super flex or something like that. I don't think you should pay highly. There's a ton of risk. He hasn't been healthy, and it's been a mess since his one RB one year. That was, you know, what that was like 2015 or 2016. We're so far removed from that. I still think he's valuable and it might be a good choice to grab him, but he, I don't know. It's, it's not worth that much. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at where he is on the year and I'm sorting by overall points, he, he's running back 18, which, which actually surprised me. He was that high. So, you know, he, he's, you know, he's, he's, if, when he's healthy and playing, you know, he's, he's a guy that's worth having your starting lineups. Um. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I just worry about his age, and he's he's just the injuries have mounted. You know, he, he's 27 years old, and and he's he's just missed a lot of time. And I don't know, I, I just I just can't I can't invest too much in a 27 year old running back that has the injury history that that he does. So, and despite the investment that Atlanta's made in the offensive line, they just haven't gotten it right yet. So, yeah, I, I mean, I guess if the price is right. You know, if, you, if there's a wide receiver you've given up on, and you can get Devonta Freeman on your roster, okay, fine. But 
otherwise it's not a guy I want to go out and acquire. I just feel like I've, I've been burned enough in the past couple of years where no, I'm, I'm out on Freeman. Yeah. I agree with that. That the idea of breathing this up was, I think they're stuck with them. I'd be shocked if they cut Devonta Freeman next year. I, see, I would agree. There, I mean, three and a half back, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he's going to be hard to unseat as the starter when it comes to a veteran uh, and it comes to the team and they don't care about his fantasy stats in the past, but I think Devonta Freeman's like a good NFL player. So that's where, that's where my opinion comes from him. Like, I think he's still going to be their starter next year. They're not going to draft anybody to go ahead of him. In my opinion, that's, do you, so do you wait do you do you decide to be aggressive and acquire him before the NFL draft or do you wait to see what happens do you wait to see what happens and then let's say they take a guy in like the third or fourth round are, are you kind of out on Freeman or or like the fifth round like Quadri Olsen or Quadri Olsen but like a day two pick if they if they take a day two running back second or third round you're probably not going to be aggressively acquiring him or do you feel like that's a great buy opportunity at that point no day two is too high yeah, I think they have so many other holes on their on their defense and the rest of the team. Uh, I do I do think that now would be maybe a potential time to grab him and just you know risking it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. If if um if if the trade deadline has not passed in your league, which we talked about earlier, um, hey, well we should we should probably wrap up here. So, do you have any final thoughts about twenty twenty rookies or? players in interesting contract situations or just anything else, any fantasy playoff thoughts, anything you want to leave our listeners with this evening? Yeah. The next time somebody gives you an argument that they signed this person for this amount of money and it's a wide receiver. I just remember to sell that player. If they're on their, your team, it's an, it's an interesting, you know, that's going to be a great high moment. Other also pivoting from that, Ryan, I kind of have a bone to pick with you. Oh, yeah? When you sent Trey and I a uh, little Vox message about making a trade in the league, you're like, hey, should I move a second? Like, you know, it's going to be like a, a James White for like a late second. You know, I might be a playoff team. And then I went and posted all these rookies and all these things. And you're like, oh, no, this other, you know, in this league, there's a lot of competitive owners. Just like this, these guys might get taken. And it's one of my, uh, like, biggest pet peeves when it comes to uh, putting out trade advice is if I don't know your league that you're in and what you're dealing with. And then I put all this effort into my thoughts and opinion. And then you're like, Oh no, Hey, it's actually, I said it was one quarterback, but now it's super flex or something, you know, something like that. I kind of, I kind of felt like that, Ryan. And I, I was just, I was just kind of sad at the end of it. Oh, I'm sorry. I really am sorry. Uh, yeah. That, that's the thing. I, I think that's a good, good takeaway is that really? when you're asking other people for, advice on trades give them as much information as possible I, I didn't realize i was holding back i apologize you held back everything and it hurt my heart <laughs> well, now I, put, feel ba- I feel bad I about myself that's a good way that. to, that's a good way to end the show thanks will appreciate it i will just say this that no matter what um what happens this week let, let's say you're let's say you're out of all your playoffs let's say you are in a bunch of semifinal matchups and you lose all of them. Let's say you're in a bunch of semifinal matchups. You win all of them at this point of the year. There's a, a lot of things that can happen in fantasy. Just, just don't get too wrapped up in this. This is, this is what we do for fun. And, and, and this is a, should be a hobby. I know, I know some people might play for, to make, you know, a few dollars, whatever, but just have fun with it. And don't, 
don't take a, a loss too too poorly. I mean, odds are, if it hasn't happened already, something weird is going to happen. You know, with with your fantasy team in the playoffs, you might have some hard losses. You may have some some weird. You may be watching a game and a, a guy scores a touchdown to win you your championship, and then the the call is reversed and and it's a bad call, and and that that call lost you, you know, two hundred fifty dollars or whatever. But that, that's fantasy. It, it, th- weird things are going to happen. Just embrace the variance and. And and just just you know have have fun with it. Don't don't uh, don't don't let it ruin your day. Don't say I'm done with fantasy. I'm gonna quit all my leagues. Just just uh, bad stuff's gonna happen. But that's part of it. But but with all the bad things that are gonna happen, the good things are gonna happen. So one good thing that happened to me, Will, the Scott Fishbowl. I, I take it very seriously. The Scott Fishbowl draft, and I thought I had a great team. And well, my team was awful. I, like I had no, I didn't even sniff the playoffs this year. But I was active. I worked the waiver <laughs> wire, and I didn't even know that I was in in the in the running for the tier two finals. But I got this message, direct message from Ryan Miller, and he's like, "Friend hey, of the show, he's been congrats, on here. Congratulations, yes, he's been on the show. Friend of the Joes, congratulations. Good luck in the tier two finals." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And then I realized, wait a second, the Scott Fishbowl has a constellation bracket. It's a football guys tier two championship. I'm in it with 11 other people. I can win a football guys lifetime subscription if I pull it off. So even though bad things happen, sometimes surprisingly good things happen in fantasy. And, and yeah, it's not the, the, you know, the, the, the real Scott fishbowl championship, but at least I'm playing for something this week in Scott fishbowl. And that's pretty cool. That's pretty exciting. So you never know what's going to happen. Don't give up, keep grinding, have fun with it and, and look at the positive this week and next week even if you're out of it yeah remember patrick laird's gonna win you a fantasy championship that's right if you're out of it play dfs play patrick laird win some money so with that will i think we should sign off wait can i give one more it's gonna a little throwback of course anytime you think you have fantasy completely figured out remember (laughs) carlos hyde is gonna run for a thousand yards of the texans this year He was done. He was worthless. Drop him, right? Yeah. I mean, he was with the Chiefs. You know, like, they're like, yeah, it's just, he's going to rush for a thousand years. Like, not a lot of players do that. Nobody called him. Ryan Tannenhill's done, man. He's never going to be an asset for your fantasy league. (laughs) People are, like, counting on him to bring them a championship in week 15 and 16. I love it. Yeah. Just don't (laughs) don't be disappointed with what you do because fantasy and and that whole NFL, but fantasy points, you know, it's so variable. And that's what makes it fun. Be flexible and enjoy it. Also, if you're asking for trade advice, give somebody the whole <laughs> story. Versus they go off this excited rant, and at the very end, they're like, hey, your advice is stupid, and you're stupid. No, no. Ryan did that to me. No, I did not. That's fine. <laughs> Don't pull a red librarian, everybody. All right, with that, on behalf of Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. Quatri Olsen, 1,000 yards, 2020. <laughs> Book it, baby. Pick him up off waivers. 2,000 yards. <laughs> QD, 2K, bro. 